When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Dallas Cowboys take on the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday night football. And you know what? Looking at it, it isn't that scary of a matchup. We'll get to the preview tonight and the game prediction at the end of the show. Let's get it. Here we go. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, do me a favor and hit the like button for me if you enjoy the show. Uh, welcome, welcome on a Thursday night, a beautiful night to talk some Cowboys football. And, you know, Thursday night football is not looking that entertaining. Uh, the Patriots are leading the Steelers 14-3 to in what is a very ugly game, not going to lie. So tonight we're going to focus on another primetime game, which is about to take place next Sunday. And it is a good one. It's the Cowboys and the Eagles, as Mike McCarthy said earlier in the week, what else can you say about it? Cowboys and Eagles on national television for the division lead, kind of, because you guys know that even though the Cowboys would be the leaders in the NFC East, they really wouldn't control their own destiny. Uh, it's going to take a little bit more than that. We talked about it earlier in the week here on primetime as well, but it is a huge game and it is a big deal because not only are you trying to get into a position where you could potentially win the division and rip it away from the Eagles, but I think even though it is unfair to say that, you know, uh, not beating winning teams is enough to discredit the Cowboys, I think it is very unfair to say that. We all would love to see Dallas take on the 10-2 and two Eagles and bring them down at home. So I think it's a game with some extra meaning in that sense. However, even with a 10-2 and two record, I don't believe this feels like that much of a scary matchup, which is oftentimes the case. I think that maybe Week 5 was much scarier. I even think that Week 9 felt a little bit scarier, you know, going on the road against Philly. I don't think we knew as much as we know now about the Cowboys offense, uh, especially this revamped version of the unit since the bye week. I will be nervous when the time comes in the playoffs, if it comes uh, to face San Francisco and everything. But I wondered why it was that the Eagles didn't exactly feel terrifying. And I think I found some of the reasons why. And I'm going to go through the numbers first, but I'm also going to talk about what you see in the old-fashioned eye test. But just number-wise, consider the following. There have been 58 teams with 10 wins since 2000 by this time of the year. And out of those 58 10-win teams, the 
Eagles rank 56th in terms of point differential. Shout out to the Ringer for that. That was an amazing stat that they pulled in a recent article. To give you some more context, the Eagles are plus 41 in point differential, while there are five teams this season with a point differential of over 100. And that includes the Cowboys, who actually lead the NFL by plus 168, which to me is insane. Uh, You look at some of the rankings, numerically speaking, from Philly, and you see that defensively, they're 27th in defensive EPA. They're 21st in DVOA, you know, two efficiency metrics that are key to evaluate some of these teams, in my opinion. But even the offense, and this is where I will talk more about the, the eye test a little bit, even the offense feels like an inconsistent unit. Now, all due respect to Philly, because their rushing offense, now, now that part is a little bit scary. I will admit, you know, they've got a great offensive line. To me, it's still the best one in the league. If not, it's top three. I think having the threat of a plus one quarterback like Jalen Hurts is a very good advantage that not many teams are able to fully pull off, but the Eagles are pulling it off. The tush push is one of the scariest plays in the NFL. Even if you want to call it boring, even if you want to call it, uh, you know, a play that should be banned or whatever. You, when when the moment comes from to Philly from Philly, excuse me, to run it on third and short or fourth and short, you know they're likely moving the chains. It's gonna take a miracle to keep them from doing so. So all that is a little bit scary, I will admit. But I try to figure out why is it that the Eagles often sometimes feels inconsistent, and I believe it's you know inconsistencies in the passing game for the most part, but. Check out this number, 12th in EPA per play in early downs. A lot of the success comes from those third down situations where they are able to move the chains with ease thanks to what they do in the running game. And I'm not taking any credit away from them uh, because of that. It is fair to win that game. It is not easy, and they're doing it. And, you know, credit to them. However, when it comes time for the Eagles to actually try to come back on a deficit, you know, in the second half, like we saw maybe against the San Francisco 49ers, I don't know how much stock you can put on that offense to win a shootout. And that makes me think about what is the scenario that the Cowboys want to play on this game? Is it a shootout? And I believe it will come down to that if the Cowboys defense isn't able to stop Jalen Hurts and company. And if you are living in that world where you are going to say, you know what? Dak and Jalen have at it and have some fun. I think you take the Cowboys offense on this one because the passing game is just on fire while Philly, I don't know that it is. Uh, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith are huge. They're great, obviously. But I think right now, the way that Dak Prescott is playing, you would take the Cowboys nine times or 10 times, excuse me, out of 10 in an offensive shootout. Now, The other way or the other way that, oh man, that's a great catch by Hunter Henry. Holy smokes. I just caught that from the corner of my eye. That was insane. That was a good catch. Anyways, sorry for the interruption. But those of you who are watching Thursday Night Football at the same time know exactly what I'm talking about. That was cool. 21 to 3. Man, the Steelers suck. They they really do. Anyways, back to the program. Excuse me for that. 
I was going to say, the other way that it could be a game that it gets ugly, other than a shootout, where you are banking on the offenses to keep going and keep going and keep going, is a turnover weird game. And, you know, it's hard to predict those. It is hard to see those coming. Uh, they just happen sometimes. And if the Cowboys make a mistake or two, which they haven't made in a while now, you know, Dak Prescott is the quarterback with the least turnover-worthy plays in the NFL as of today. Maybe the Eagles get in a position where they can really drag out the game, right? We talked about those six-minute drives, seven-minute drives that can really kill a ball game by the Eagles, and those are somewhat scary. You gotta gotta admit it. Uh, but again, the positive thing there is that I don't know how you go into this one expecting Dak Prescott to turn the ball over when he has done it at the lowest rate in the entire NFL, or at least turnover-worthy play-wise, he is the best in the league, while also being the best there is in big-time throws, both you know nominally and percentage-wise, he leads the NFL in big-time throws. That is just the reality of this game. And I got to say, I don't think Cowboys fans should be scared. They should be excited about a close game. You know, it's a division game. It should be close. And the Eagles are a pretty good freaking football team. And the Cowboys could very well lose on Sunday. That being said, though, I'm not expecting anything ugly. I'm not expecting anything like that. Dallas should be able to take care of business at home. So maybe a little bit of a spoiler alert on my score prediction. But anyways, I'm going to go to the comments right now. And then I'm going to go through what I believe about the offense in this one and what I believe about the defense on this one, some of the keys to the game. But first, let me read some of you guys' comments. Let's go. Mark Aaron says, I see why the Cardinals beat the Steelers. Tell that to your girlfriend, Mo. Man, I probably won't. <laughs> She's done with the Steelers right now. She was texting me earlier about how done she was with football, football for the year, maybe. Uh, Mark Aaron says, knock on wood. Yes, sir. Uh, Gerald here with a good comment that I was going to save for later. But, Gerald, this is a good point from him. He says, referees for Sunday night football officiated Eagles games. Uh, he's at seven wins, so they are 7-0 and playing with the officiating crew that we're going to get on Sunday. And I understand that, you know, you could see that and you could immediately be concerned because it is a 7-0 and trend. I also kind of like to call BS on those sort of trends because – I mean, they're 10-2, and two, first and foremost, right? So it makes sense that... And last year, they also were a very winning team. So I don't want to say that it's a coincidence, but chances are it really is a coincidence, right? When you are a team that has been winning so many ball games and you're talking about a 7-0 record, it kind of, you know, tracks that that is the case, uh, in my opinion. That's the way I see it uh, for the most part. However... You got to talk about the referees, and I understand it. It's part of the game. I just think there's so many more things that will define the outcome of this game. But I do believe the Cowboys need to clean up the penalties because they happen both at home. They happen on the road. But I've talked about this for most of the season now. It's not all penalties really that really bug me. Obviously, they do. When the flag is thrown, it is the same, and it frustrates you, be it a full start or be it a unsportsmanlike conduct or whatever. Just don't let it be dumb mental mistakes 
Don't let it be a false start. Don't let it be an offsides where you're not even jumping. You're just lined up the wrong way because that's happened so many times to the Cowboys this year. And those are the ones that really frustrate me. Uh, if the Cowboys are, if a cornerback is getting bitten and he's being called for a defensive pass interference, like at least you can understand it. You can be like, oh, he cannot hang with that guy. It's a performance-related penalty. But if it's a dumb thing pre-snap or a, you know, getting heated in at the wrong time and shoving a player and getting a call for unnecessary roughness and then having a warning that you might be ejected from the game, all that sort of stuff is what really, really will frustrate us, I believe, if it happens on Sunday night. A good opportunity to play, uh, to correct that uh, on this one. Last time that these two faced each other, a lot of calls. A lot of calls. Both teams were called for 10 penalties. And it was extremely, extremely frustrating. Uh, now, get ready to see Micah Parsons be held again. He keeps talking about it. And he, you know, go for it. He, he should be talking about it. He's calling out the NFL, explaining to people that, hey, they just don't want me to slow the game down with so many holding penalties uh, because offensive linemen need to hold me. Uh, but it is frustrating nevertheless to see Micah being held pretty much four to five times in a game and have that not be called, if not more. But anyways, uh, we're going to save some of the defensive talk towards the end of the show. I wanted to start with the offense. And let me know in the chat who is one player. Don't make it Dak Prescott. Don't make it Dak Prescott. Uh, that's the one rule. Who is one player to watch on offense against the Philadelphia Eagles? Uh, let me know in the chat. What do you guys think about that? And just right out, right from the get-go, my key to this game, and it's the same that we talked about back in week nine, don't try to come out and run the football on the Eagles because that's where they're good. That's where they have a very solid group of defensive tackles. That's where they have a very solid group of defensive ends. Not going to be talking about linebackers a whole lot on this one. They did add Chuck Leonard. We'll see how much he plays. He might even start, honestly, with the state of the linebackers in Philly. But the trenches are where they could really get you. And last time that these teams faced each other, the Cowboys ended up approaching the entire game with a very pass-heavy attack, but it took them a while. You know, the first drive, they actually opened it up with a run-run-pass sequence, and obviously that ended in a three-and-out. I don't want to see that for even one drive on Sunday, right? Unless it's like when the Cowboys are already up on the scoreboard. And that might sound like, you know, asking for too much, but in a game as close as this, you go out there and you give you surrender the first drive with a run-run pass sequence. I'm going to be pissed off, man, because you already know. You knew back in week nine you had to throw the football against that secondary. You confirmed that and those thoughts by throwing to them and being successful with it. And, you know, when the time comes for week 14, you better have learned your lesson and just let Dak Prescott cook right from the get-go. I want to see the Cowboys be overly aggressive on this one and as a result i think my answer to the question who is one player to watch and we're gonna get to uh, some of you guys it's gotta be cd lamb it's gotta be your number one wide receiver 
Had a fantastic game against Philly back in week nine. You know you can move him around. You know you can really mess with the Eagles match quarters type coverages where they are communicating a whole lot and they got to communicate because that's the rules of their defense. But try to exploit their exploit their leverages with motion. Try to get them out of position. Put CeeDee Lamb as the isolated receiver. Use him on the inside. Use him on the outside alongside Brandon Cooks. Just move him around and be unpredictable with 88. And against that secondary, I don't think anyone can hold up. I don't think Darius Slay can hold up. I don't think Bradbury can. I don't think Roby at nickel can. And you can even, you know, try to match him up in the middle of the field against maybe the safeties, maybe the linebackers, but don't be afraid to go outside too. Uh, I mean, that's all that I would be asking of these Cowboys offense uh, on Sunday. Let's see what you guys have to say, though, here in the chat. Let me, though, mute very quickly some notifications here that are distracting me a little bit, and I'm going to go ahead and pause that for two hours at least. Uh, let's see. Gerald says third quarter is very important for the Cowboys. Man, that those those middle four, right, as they call them, those middle four, middle eight minutes, excuse me, uh, they're going to be key. I do agree with that. Uh, let's see here. All Italians' names, I bet, is toxic. I don't know what exactly what that was about. I think it was about the refs' name. Uh, Katharina says CD Lamp. Modelo says, uh, Modelo Time says, Cooks, if he gets going, then the Cowboys have a good chance of winning. And it's oddly enough, last time that they faced each other, they really didn't need Cooks to get going, but it was the game that really got Cowboys Nation very mad about Brandon Cooks not being involved on offense. You know, Dak had a fantastic outing in Week 9, but they didn't throw the football to Brandon Cooks. They lost, and everyone was pissed about it. And maybe rightfully so, you know, since then, we talked about that two nights ago. Since then, the Cowboys have really gotten Brandon Cooks going. Four games with over 40 yards, three touchdowns in four games, and you get the uh, 173-yard performance sprinkled in there, the 72-yard performance in there as well. So Brandon Cooks uh, could be a very big part of this game, though, uh, this time around. You know, they, they haven't hit them. With with uh, CD, Mark Aaron says it's no surprise that the Eagles are undefeated when Hussey calls their games, and that's talking about the referee situation that we were mentioning. Uh, I will say Jake Ferguson has to be a key on this game. I've already said that. Hey, challenge the boundary. I don't care about the cornerbacks. I don't care about the fact that their linebacker room is weak and all that. I still want to challenge that secondary because I know that the Cowboys can go ahead and do so and be as successful as they've been against some of these other defenses. Because the Eagles might be a contender, and the Eagles might be an over 500 team, but they're still a weak defense. And the Cowboys definitely understand that, in my opinion, uh, based on what we saw back in Week 9. And I hope that they keep exploiting that this time around. Now, a specific matchup that I want to check out is how the pass protection holds up specifically on third down, specifically on third down situations. Here's why. The Eagles, surprisingly, even with Hassan Reddick, even with Josh Wett, even with Derek Barnett, are not good at all when it comes to third down defense. 
And you would guess that with that sec with that uh, group of defensive linemen and Jalen Carter in the middle and guys like Fletcher Cox in the rotation, you would imagine that, hey, Eagles are going to get after your QB and they're going to take him down when they can pin their ears back and go at you. But they haven't done that. They don't even get a whole lot of pressure going on third down. Overall, we know about the Cowboys game and we'll talk about that too. But just overall... They're not that good. They're the 32nd defense in third down per, you know, EPA per play, per conversion rate allowed over expectations. They're just flat out bad in the money down. And you know about the Cowboys being absolute money in it because of Dak Prescott. You look at whatever stat, you pick the stat for a quarterback on third down, and Dak Prescott is number one. That's the likelihood. Dak Prescott is number one in it because he's been just perfect when it comes to the money down. So just have the pass pro hold up there. Have a plan for Terrence Steele. We talked about that earlier in the week, uh, but maybe not that specifically for third down. That's one of the big things that I want to see on Sunday. Just have a plan, be ready, and don't let Hassan Reddick uh, ruin the game like at times he did uh, back in November. That was the big issue. I don't think... I can think of any other defensive matchup that the Eagles won that day in a big significant way other than the fact that Terrence Steele actually uh, had, you know, Terrence Steele beat and so did Brandon Graham and so did Josh Sweat and all of these guys. That's it basically for the defense. And ironically, I'm going to use the sound effect right now to move on to the... To the defense. Yeah, here we go. Let's get here. Uh, let's get it here. Oh, first, some comments, though. We've got Gregory saying, Mo, you skipped my comment earlier. Eagles give up the most passing yards in the league to this lot. Wide receivers, hands, C.D. Lamb. And although I love that number, and you would more or less understand why, right? They use these match concepts on defense. They try to communicate. So they end up running a lot of underneath zones and you can get cd to find those soft spots and one of the big catches from from cd against the eagles was in that situation where he runs to a spot and just sits in the zone and then kind of like moves a little bit and Dak finds him and they show off that incredible chemistry that they have so it makes sense that cd would have such a good day in the slot but move him around don't keep him in the slot right move him around that's what i want at least don't keep him inside necessarily move the guy around, and be unpredictable in that way. Uh, let's get to the defense, though, very quickly. Keys to the game, in my opinion. Number one, I want the Cowboys to listen to Nick Bose's advice, honestly. I know the Queen's defense is good. I know it really depends on Micah Parsons making plays and De'Ron Blant making plays. And I know that the Eagles are going to be able to run the ball on the Cowboys. I am expecting some of those six-minute drives that end up in a touchdown. I am. I might be wrong to do it, but I think we've seen enough of it to expect it, even though the Cowboys' defense is pretty solid. Maybe not that much against the run, and maybe not as physical as the Eagles are, offensively speaking. So I do expect some very good moments uh, from Philly. I do expect A.J. Brown to get his big plays in there. Devonta Smith, the same. Cowboys did a good job handling those two. 
but they both had their moments, let's be fair. But I just want the Cowboys to go out there and change it up. And what I mean by that is more or less what we talked about yesterday. The Cowboys like to blitz. The Cowboys like to stunt on the defensive line. And Nick Bosa said it very clearly, and at least the numbers and the tape show that when Jalen Hurts has not been blitzed, we've seen the worst of the Eagles' offense. Not only that, but Nick Bosa took it a step further when he said, you know, Cowboys should watch the tape. He said, you know, we contained Jalen Hurts and we kept him from breaking out of the pocket. He We forced him to play within the pocket. And then one of the key things is we forced him to escape through the C gap instead of through the B gap. And you listen to that and you might go, and at least I went, that probably means rush with four, in my opinion, right? Rush with four. And don't pull off all of that movement up front. Now, if it's third and long, I mean, sure, go for it. With Micah, you got to stunt. Yeah, that's what you've been doing all season. Get him through the A-gap and try to get him to, to Jalen Hurts. I'm not going to mind any of that. But maybe play a little bit more of a base, basic look on defense and try to force Jalen to work from the pocket and don't let him escape. And if you do let him escape, have him go all the way around the tackle towards the sideline instead of blasting through the B-gap, as Nick Bosa said, where he can pick up a first down with his legs too, right? It's much more difficult to go outside the tackle to the sideline and work your, your way towards the first down marker. That is so tough to do because, I mean, it's a game about angles and time and spaces. It's tougher to do that. But if you are blasting through the B-gap, that's where Jalen Hurts thrives. And maybe you running all of these stunts and you running all of these blitzes is going to, you know, hurt your gap integrity a little bit and leave that B-gap open. I think it's worth listening to what Nick Bosa said. Now, I'm very intrigued about whether or not Dan Quinn is going to listen to it. And I'm not knocking Dan Quinn or anything like that, but he does like to do what he likes to do. And this is a team that stunts. This is a team that blitzes. Are they going to adjust to that uh, this specific week against Jalen Hurts and maybe change it up and be like, hey, we're going to rush with four. I'm going to keep it basic. And good luck against our coverages. Maybe we see them mix up their coverages as well. I actually don't have the numbers for how much they played what back in week nine. But from what I remember and from what I saw this week, it's a lot of single high defense, like always. Not that there's anything special about it. Do we see more split field coverage on Sunday? Do we see more of two safeties back there taking the deep shots away and forcing Jalen to go through his progressions? Uh, really looking forward to that chess match, actually, uh, this Sunday night. And I think that's one of the stories of the game, for sure. Now, in here, I was going to mention the penalties that we already brought up with the referee crew conversation that we had. So maybe there is no need for that anymore. Well, let's see what you guys have to say in the chat before we get into the prediction segment of this show. We've got Gabriel saying... I feel like we should play base defense, right? We don't always have to rush up the field. Hurts and the offense will take advantage of that, in my opinion. More or less in line with what Nick Bosa said, with what we're saying. So I agree with Gabriel right there. 
you know, it's one of those situations where Dallas might be better off playing to his opponent's weaknesses rather than to their own strengths. Uh, that would make sense to me. Mark Aaron says, Hertz loves to run to the sidelines and throw passes. I noticed that, noticed that the last few games, the Eagles games I've watched. Yeah, and on Sunday against the 49ers, we still saw him break out of the pocket. We still saw him evade pressure. And you look at the numbers, and he's actually one of the quarterbacks who has the highest degree of responsibility for the pressures that he faces because he's impatient. I don't want I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause here and I'm gonna say I'm not gonna say impatient because impatient would be more like you know the Steelers are playing more like Kenny Pickett, where he is you know, he takes a snap and he goes one, two, gotta run. Next play. One, gotta run. Doesn't even get to two. Kenny Pickett is impatient in that sense, to a fault. Jalen can also be impatient, but the thing about Jalen is that him using his legs to run is actually pretty good. Like, that is one of the reasons why you're scared of, of facing uh, Jalen Hurts. That and the fact that when he does get that extra bit of time running to the sidelines, he does have A.J. Brown, he does have the Vontas mid, so he could just shock the football downfield and hope for the best. And a lot of the times it works. Against the Niners, it didn't work. Uh, even when he did break out of the pocket and ran to the sidelines. But that threat of him running upfield because the Niners stunted and there was a big hole on the offensive line, that really didn't exist on Sunday. And that was huge for the Niners to win that ball game, To leave them no choice. And the fact that, you know, people might underestimate this a little bit. But let me show you a quick picture right here. Because don't, you know, let's give the Niners their very deserved respect. But that was a classic 49ers game that was over by halftime. And what that means is, look at that green probability graphic. Look at halftime being around 80% win probability for the Niners. The Eagles had to drop back and throw the football all game long. That's I'm not sure that's going to happen on, on Sunday. Uh, it would be major if Dallas gets into a situation where they can really just force Jalen Hurts and company to do their thing in the passing game without the threat of the run. It would be huge. But let's not get it twisted. That wasn't the kind of game that we're likely to see on Sunday night. Uh, even though I like the Cowboys to win, even though I'm not scared about the Eagles and all that, I wouldn't expect that type of game. Uh, could it happen? Sure, it could. It's football, right? I've always said that, you know, beatdowns are compounded in football, right? So to me, when I see a scoreboard that is uh, 35 to 10 or 40, 9 to 10, it's the same, even though it's two scores, you know, higher, the latter one. To me, it's the same because it's about a compound effect, right? Where the opponent is not always, it's not a, not playing to the game plan anymore and all that kind of stuff. So just wanted to put that out there for sure. Gregory says a little tidbit, Tyron Smith has only given up 9.5 sacks in the last Eight games? Wait, what? That doesn't sound right. 
Tyrants made nine and a half sacks in the last eight games. That's actually pretty high. Uh, I don't think that's right. Uh, is it pressures, Gregory, that you meant? Because pressures would make much more sense to me. Uh, 9.5 uh, sacks does not sound right. Uh, but I'm guessing it's uh, pressures that you meant. Uh, Tyron Smith has been playing at an old pro level, honestly, if we're being completely honest. I'm not sure if he would get old pro because there are some very good left tackles in the NFC and the NFL and all that. But yeah, Tyron, Tyron has been cooking. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let me know in the chat what is your scoreboard for this game as we head towards the end of the show and last time that we saw uh, see each other until Monday night after the game because on Sunday night, you will get the game day show with Skywalker Steel and Jesse Holly, and you and I will be seeing each other until Monday night to talk, hopefully, about a Cowboys win over the Eagles. But first... Let me know in the chat what is your scoreboard for this game, and I'm going to give you my bet of the week. For those of you who are new to the show, every week I provide my Cowboys bet of the game or, you know, Cowboys game bet of the game. So that meaning I can pick against Dallas. I have picked against Dallas. We are 9-3 and three for the year, so we have been cooking. We lost last week against the Seattle Seahawks. Took the Cowboys minus 10 points. Uh, the Cowboys did not cover. They were close to pulling off the miracle at the end of the game. Uh, had they scored when the Cowboys threw the ball on a very controversial third down. Uh, but they didn't. So we did not cover. And the Cowboys uh, broke our heart financially, even though we were extremely excited about Dak Prescott's MVP statement game. Uh, that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that being said, Give me the Cowboys minus three and a half against the Eagles. Am I scared about the hook? You know, if it was minus three, it would be much easier. Minus three and a half makes me think about it a little bit more. Uh, but I I really think that the Cowboys can cover that spread at home. I, I really think that the score from last time, week nine, 28 to 23, was a little bit misleading. I really think the Cowboys played a heck of a game that time. and. I think the Eagles caught some lucky bounces on that one, if I'm being honest with you. So now at home where the Cowboys have been dominating and all that, yeah, I like the Cowboys minus three and a half. And there's a lot of money coming into the Eagles, man. If you look at some of the advanced casino stats, there's a lot of money coming into the Eagles and the spread is not moving an inch. In fact, it's moved towards the Cowboys side of things. So I like that signal. I like the football reasoning as well. Give me the Cowboys minus three and a half. Uh, ladies and gentlemen. And oh, and by the way, just a parenthesis. Anthony says, just win straight up. Quick parenthesis here. Cannot go with that bet myself. I'm betting the Cowboys on this weekly segment that we do. Because I need to be at minus 110 for the odds. That's one of the reasons why. Uh, but yeah, I, I would probably, if you want to have some fun, take the money line as well, for sure. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning into the show tonight. Uh, I see some of your scores right here. 38 to 28 for Dallas's Toxic Tom. Uh, let's see here, 34 to 24 for Modelo. So two people going with the 10-point difference in the score. 31 to 30 for Mark Aaron. 
Justin says, we are favorites even before the San Francisco 49ers blew them out. They were. That is right. Uh, let's see here. Cowboys as a five seed is enough, says Anthony. We all want a little bit more, though, I'm sure. 44 to 10 for Mark. Catherine says 41, 28. Uh, I think Mark threw two different scoreboards in there. So maybe that's a little bit of cheating. Uh, 45 to 2, says Anthony. How hilarious would that be, though? How hilarious would that be for real? Ladies and gentlemen, hope that you guys enjoy your weekend. And I'll see you on Monday night. Hit the like button for me. Enjoy the game. Enjoy Friday. Enjoy Saturday. But mostly, enjoy Sunday night football. Cowboys, Eagles for the temporary lead of the NFC East. I'll see you guys on Monday. Thank you so much and bye-bye.